0: Amen. Aren't you thankful for the blood this morning? Thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ that He shed for every one of our each one of our sins. And, and I'm just thankful, boy, if we could just understand the power in the blood this morning. It's not about where you go to church at. It's not about who you know. It's not about how hard you work. But listen, you have eternal life this morning through the blood of Jesus Christ if you accept him this morning. Amen. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful he shed that blood. Thank you, praise team. Just enjoying being able to worship, and worship freely here, amen, and uh, for what Christ's blessings He's done for us this morning. I'm going to try to start back where I was at last Sunday. We'll see how far we go. But God is looking in these last days that we're living in, and and I don't have to tell you very much about it, turn on the news and everything that's happening. We're living in the last days, amen. Amen just everything that's taking place, and, and not just here in America, but in the world, and just the persecution of, uh, of Christians in the church, and we still got it good here, amen? But I, I did see where the they did release the pastors last week, and they were sent home from being in captivity, amen? And we're living in the last days, revelations being uh, just lived out right in front of our eyes, and, and I really think today that God is looking for a Spirit-filled church, a church That'll go after Him. Listen, guys, it's more than just showing up on Sunday morning. It's more than just showing up here and taking up an offer and singing a few songs and going home. And we wonder why we don't see no additions to our church, salvations, people being, lives being chained, uh, chains, the chains being broken off their lives. Is, it's got, to, listen, God, Jesus Christ died for more than that. He died that we could enjoy this Christian life. We could enjoy this church, amen? Well, I feel sorry for people that can't be excited about going to church and happy to be in church, amen? I I just, man, it just just blows me away sometimes So when I go preach at other churches. uh, I try not to scare them. We've never seen a Baptist this happy. Listen, it's not about Baptist Pentecostal assembly of God. It's about being a child of the one true king this morning, amen? That's what it's about. I'm not going to stand up here. (laughs) My job is to preach Jesus Christ, amen, Amen. and Him crucified. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go back to the book of Acts. I love the book of Acts of God moving and the Holy Spirit just moving uh, in the early church. And In Acts chapter 4 is where we're going to be, but I'll go go back to chapter 3. I'll just tell you. I'll just fill you in. How's that? In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John was going to the temple to pray. And there was a man that was there laying lame since his birth. And as they come upon him, they looked at him. And, and, and this man has been begging for alms. He's been just, I mean, he's just living off the world. He can't sustain, can't do things on his own. He has to live off other people. And finally, I could just imagine this man laying there hollering, Hey, anybody got a dollar? In, in American's terms. Two dollars. Back then, he was hollering for alms. But today, he could say, Anybody have any money? Anybody? Can anybody help me? And I love that Peter just stopped right there and said, Silver and gold, I have none, but in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And, and as, the, as this happened, you can imagine, with this man being healed, it created an uproar in the town. And so now the scribes and the Pharisees and all the ones that have already crucified Jesus, trying to stomp out the name of Jesus Christ and Christians, all of a sudden... There's still people being healed. There's still things moving. People's lives are being changed. The Bible says that they're believed. They're believing just wherever the gospel is being preached, people are believing in Jesus Christ. And so now they come to them and they want to throw them in jail. They want to get, they says, listen, you cannot preach the name of Jesus Christ. And I love what happened to Peter. Now, Peter didn't do this on his seminary degree. He didn't do this on his own education. He didn't learn it at a conference. He didn't read it in a book. I love what happened in verse 8. It says, look at verse 8. It says, Then filled with the Holy Spirit. Then filled with the Holy Spirit. It was something that was given to him from God. What did he give him? We're going to look at some things that he gave him this morning. But number one, he gave him boldness to be able to preach the gospel. It says, Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers, And people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means has he been made well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven among men by which we, what's that, I said it last week, by what we must. There's the only way that you have the key to eternal life life is through Jesus Christ. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's, It's not about going to church. Anyway, I know this thing's bothering me this morning, this isn't mine. I'm going to get it right here in a minute or I'll take it off and preach without it. Nor is there any salvation in the other, for there is no other name under heaven which is a given among me and by which you must be saved. And this is what Peter, Peter had the boldness to stand up. This is the same Peter that just had denied Jesus three times. The one that, that said, I'm not a follower of Jesus Christ just before the crucifixion. This is the one that went into hiding. This is the one that went back to fishing. This is the same Peter that had boldness now to be able to stand up and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He didn't get that. Do you know where he got that? Through the Holy Spirit. Remember last week I said being filled with the Holy Spirit is being influenced and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Every crevice and crack of our beings need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, controlled by the Holy Spirit. When you wake up in the mornings to go to work and your feet hit the floor, oh, uh, it should be in control. Say, Lord, help me today. Lord, just help me be the child of God that I need to be. I'm going to do a job, you know it's hostile there. You know, I, you know how my boss is. Of oh Lord, you know my teenagers. Lord, you know how they've been just running here. Lord, fill me with Your Spirit. And 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 I know a lot of babies say, well, when you got saved, you got the Spirit. You did. It's called the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You have that. But there's times and times that I have to be renewed and refreshed by the Holy Spirit to be able to do a special task that you can't do on your own strength. Randy was able to baptize a while ago. He was scared to death. If y'all have seen that water up there, it was vibrating because he was shaking. When I looked at the baptistry a while ago. And he said, boy, Brother George, I've been praying. I've been praying that God would just be with me. I said, listen, it's all about surrendering. It's all about saying, hey, I can't do this alone, Jesus. You're going to have to come in, fill every crack and every crevice of my being, take care of my knowledge, be in my knowledge, be in my being, be in my action, be in my word. Everything, Lord, let it be about you. And when we as Pleasant Hills start making it about Jesus and less than us, He, mu- I must decrease so he will increase in this building. Amen? Then you'll see lives being changed you'll start seeing hearts being changed for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, it's not about loud speaking or soft speaking. It's about do we have Jesus in the building? And that's what I've tried to make it here ever since I've been here for 13 years is preaching. is make it about Jesus. Because Jesus is the one that died on the cross for me. He's the one that called me into the ministry. He's the one that empowers me to do what I can do. I do none of this on my own. And if we're honest, you can't do nothing on your own, Amen. You can't live the Christian life on your own. Well, Brother George, I, I sure can. I, I I can do better deeds. I can be a better person. It's all flesh rightness, but listen, you got to learn how to walk and understand the righteousness of Jesus Christ. When He died on the cross, He put His righteousness on you. So that when you stand in front of God, He don't seek just your old flesh and your old past and your old ways. He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ has been poured into your life. That's how we can live a holy life in front of God. None of us can live holy on our own strength. It has to be through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Remember last week, Ephesians 5.18 says, Be ye not drunk with wine, but be ye therefore filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, I'm telling you, there's a difference when a church body is filled with the Holy Spirit or when they're just meeting to have a meeting. Amen? I've been in them. I mean, my goodness, it's a frozen chosen. No smiles, no, no joy. Don't even look like I'd be there. Don't welcome the visitors. And that's one thing that we've really been preaching here is when people come in the door, make them welcome. It's not about what you make or where you've been or your job status. It's about, hey, we want to introduce you to a man called Jesus. Silver and gold, I had none, but I had Jesus. And that's what it's about is when people walk in, and I I pray our visitors are welcome when you come in. This might be a little bit different. Somebody says, well, that's a different worship service than most Baptists. I don't apologize for that. Amen? Well, who set the motto on how to worship? Jesus did. So we need to get off that as a church. We're here as blood-bought believers, worship washed, washed the blood of the Lamb, worshiping Jesus Christ. By the way, when you get to heaven, you're going to be singing. Amen? When you get to heaven, you're going to be shouting. You're going to be glorifying Jesus for what He did in your life. Now, Brother George, I'm just not that type of person. I, I'm a strong man. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess one day that He is Lord. Even Satan himself. And so Peter stood there with this boldness. And this boldness, he didn't get that in a book. This boldness, the Holy Spirit came upon him. I guarantee you, before he prayed, Lord, you're going to give me strength. Lord, you're going to fill me with your Spirit, refresh me, renew me. Lord, bring your words that I've studied back to remembrance, so when I get up to preach in front of this big crowd that it'll be about you. You'll be glorified, and I won't be glorified, but you'll be glorified, and people's lives will be saved. From this point, from the day of Pentecost, 120 went to the upper room waiting and praying on the Holy Spirit to come, and now there's over 5,000 in the church at this point when Peter's preaching. That tells me that it's not about gimmicks, it's not about programs, it's not about fads. It's about giving them the gospel of Jesus Christ to change their life. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Yes, I like to do new fresh stuff in this church. Yes, there's nothing wrong with tradition. If it's leading you to the cross, but if it's leading you in a circle and circle and circle and circle and nobody's lives are getting changed, it's time to get off that dead horse and get another one. Amen. There's nothing wrong with doing new and fresh stuff, but it's the same gospel. It's, a, it's the same message. Sometimes your methods have to change. I guarantee you, with our youth today, you reach them different you did 40 years ago. Y'all remember when? Can y'all imagine back when Levi and Mary was teenagers? I mean, go way on back there. I told y'all a couple of weeks ago. I said, if we could go back to the '50s and '60s, a lot of churches would be excited and on fire. Let's go! Let's reach them. If we went back to the '50s and '60s, into there when they were young adults, but now that we've grown old, and now the younger generation, the gener- they're just they're doing stuff that we didn't used to do in church. You're probably right. I can tell you now, there's a bunch of people in the church today that are looking for a church that will worship, is hungry for the Holy Spirit to come in and change. They're tired of doing the same old church. Same Sunday, different verse. I can go to most churches and tell you when you're going to take up an offering when they're going to sing a song, when the preacher's coming up, and he's going to quit before 12. I got 12 minutes. Amen. I mean, you just—it's just dicey, dicey. When a church is filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus takes control over the services. Now, listen. God is not the author of confusion. The Holy Spirit ain't going to confuse this church body, and we not know what's going on. He's going to be in totally control of you, but you're going to step out and do things that you've never done before. You may come to the altar, you may pray, you may, you may whatever. You may rededicate your life, you may be saved. Whatever, the Holy Spirit is the one that initiates that move. Then it takes us by faith. How was you saved? By faith. Isn't Isn't it something when we get saved and we find a church and we go there for a few years that faith isn't that much important no more to us? I can do it on my own. And that's, why, that's where we're at in trouble, and that's why we're in the backsliding shape that America's in, is we quit looking to God. And it may, listen, it may take some trials and, and storms of life and different things to happen, even to America, for them to turn back to one nation under God. Amen. I mean, it, it may take that. It's it is definitely not working now. Remember when 9 11 happened? I was in a little old church way up in the country up a dirt road, didn't get Monday Night Football to Thursday night. I mean, way up there. And this place was packed. Had 150, maybe more in this little church way up there. And I'm thinking, man, today we got churches up and down 70 from, from the bridge out to Bonnerdale. How many is full and overflowing? You say, well, you just can't get people to go to church like you used to. i got a Greek word for you, hogwash. They'll come to church if it's presented Jesus Christ, and, you, and the people are filled with the Spirit, and people are being controlled by the Spirit. But Peter was bold when he spoke. The last time he was bold about Jesus. Let me ask you, When you, how many of you all got a consistent prayer life? Or you say you got a consistent prayer life. Or say if I only got 10, we're in trouble. Listen, this isn't a trick question. How many of y'all have a consistent prayer life? Now, when you pray, you know what? Most of the time, because I'm guilty of this, I'll get down on my knees and Lord, I want you to bless this church. I need to help here, Lord. We got a family here. We have a family going through this. We got a family heaven here, Lord. Help my family, Lord. Lord, you know, give me the wisdom. Give me the knowledge to preach. Lord, just give me the wisdom and sermon to lead this church. But not once did I start off and say, Lord, feel every crack, every crevice in me, influence me, control me, fill me with your Holy Spirit so I'll make the right decision. Influence my mouth. Influence what I say. Influence. That's why y'all see me putting this on Facebook the last couple Sundays. And believe it or not, our worship has been good. I put it on there the week before. I put it on last night. I always put, Hey, Pleasant Hill, are you ready to get your worship on? Some churches say, Well, what's he saying? What's he getting worship on? What are they putting on down there? And I always say, Let's get our worship on. I pray that you prepared your heart for tonight. Start praying tonight and preparing for worship tomorrow. Because listen, we've got to create an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to move and to be in. It's just like a greenhouse. Now, it's not all upon us, but we've got, listen, we've got to, put, we've got to clear out some things in our lives for God to put a Blessing. There's some things I got to change. There's some things I need to do. There, all this has to take place before God shows up and starts working mightily through my life. It's the same way in our church body. Not just the staff is to be glorified, godly, holy, walking people. But God, when He gets a church body that gets on fire and says, Hey, I want more than just the status quo of going to church. I'm hungry for you, God, to change my life. Yeah, I'm 66, but it doesn't matter. God can change you at 60. He can change you at 90, He can change you at 100. Well, I've been in church 55 years here, Brother George. Wow. We still need changing, we still need feeling. By the Holy Spirit. We should not be influenced by the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm a grandma. My kids are grown. I got great, 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 great grandkids. Well, influence Jesus for them great, 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 great grandkids. You'll be amazed at the people that watch you when you leave this church. If they know you come to Pleasant Hill, I guarantee you they're watching. Because that preacher up there, he's loco. He's preaching unscriptural stuff. He's got to. They got a house full. No, we got Jesus. Just plain Jesus. That's it. I don't have no one. Amen? Don't have one. But we do have the Holy Spirit today in this age that we live in. He's your comforter. He's your guide. He's the one that will put His arm around you when nobody else is around and you're feeling depressed and down and out in the middle of the week and about to lose your mind. He's the one that will come and put His arms of grace around you and comfort you and encourage you in His Spirit. If you need a pep rally in the church to get up all the time, there's something wrong. Church isn't about pep rallies. Amen? Well, Brother George, I, I just, you know, I've been bad for two weeks, just depressed down and down. If I can just get to church. You've got God's word and you have the Holy Spirit in you. Ask him to fill you, to refresh you. You don't have to stay bound down by Satan all your life. Up on Sunday, down during the week. Up on Sundays, down during the week. Up on Sunday, down during the week. The Holy Spirit wants us to be more consistent. Some of us like a heart monitor. <laughs> I mean, he wants to be the heartbeat of your life. When's the last time you prayed, Lord, control me? Before you started asking for stuff. Man, sometimes we treat God like he's a little old errand boy at the grocery store. Oh, Lord, yes, Lord, I need this. Bless me with this. Give me this. Go here. Give me this. I went to church two Sundays in a row. Bless me, Lord. Jesus says, "Listen. For me to feel you, and this is why churches today aren't fi- having great moves in their church, is they're not completely sold out to Him. If we just show up there and meet and get a song, Brother George preach me a sermon, make me feel good, I'm good. You are till you get home and eat dinner. Satan's like a roaring lion seeking the to devour. Sometimes, sometimes you need to just listen." It's like Peter. Sometimes we got to stand up and be bold when the Holy Spirit feels us. Just to be bold to speak about things that are in our lives. How many of you ever just say, "Man, devil, I'm tired of you tearing me down. I'm tired of you tearing my family down. I'm tired of you tearing my church apart." Oh, de- devil, I tell you what. Sometimes I want the Holy Spirit to rise up me and be bold and say, "No more." I'm gonna start living like Jesus Christ died for me to live. I'm tired of being a little a little puppet by Satan himself. It's time for me to live like I am a blood-bought child of God. Amen? Because, listen, we're, a, we're royalty. We're a special people. Brought out of darkness and brought into the marvelous light, Peter says, by Jesus Christ. You say, well, Brother George, I just... Listen, if you can't get excited over Jesus dying on the cross and just giving you eternal life, you ain't got a lot to shout about. If it takes a pep rally more than that, then there's something wrong in your life if you can't get excited just about Jesus. It's got to start back to the foundation, the foundation of Jesus Christ. Why did you come to church today? Well, I come to hear Brother George. Well, you came for the wrong reason. I want you to come hear me. Don't get me wrong. Now, I don't want y'all not to come back next Sunday. Amen. Listen, I, I'm proud that people come in to hear me preach. And, and if that's the door that gets them in and they build relationships and they get saved and they get plugged into our church, so be it. My job's done. Now the church needs to come alongside and act like a church body and help them mature and grow in the Lord and build relationships with them and love on them even though they got a past. Man, I'm tired of churches looking at people because they think they're better than them because the other people's got past. In all reality, we all have past. Amen? We all have closets. Some of them just rattle a little louder than others. You cannot change your past. Paul said, I forget those things that are in the past, and I look forward, When I, as a child of God, I look forward to the high calling of Jesus Christ. You cannot change your past, but you can change the meaning of your past today in Jesus Christ. I have to. I run into people I was in high school with, or back growing up, or you know, you have them wild years when you get out of school and you know it all. Now, some of y'all that didn't, y'all give me the secret. I was raised in church my whole life. And, buddy, when I got 18, I said, Oh, I don't have to go to church no more. And dad, then Dad come in and give me the news. Son, long as you live in my house, I don't care if you're 24 you're going to church. I said, I'm 19. I don't care. You're under my roof. And I wasn't getting out from the roof because I was getting deep. Amen. So I went to church. But then when I got turned 20... Me and Melvin got married when we were 20, and, and I, guys, listen. This is how the powerful the Holy Spirit is. When I got 20, we got married, and we come back from our honeymoon. It was our first weekend back, and I I rode over about 8:30. She said, Are "We going to church?" I said, "Nope. I want to see what the world looks like watching NFL football at 12 o'clock. I want to get in there early. I want to get the party mix ready at 10." I want to be in my pajamas. I want to cheer on some NFL football for once in my life. I want to see what it feels like. Because I was always at Sunday school during this time. And so we did. She said, that sounds good to me. Boy, me and my little honey bunny, we just, boy, we just it. And then about 12 o'clock, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit reminds you. Nobody said a word. My dad didn't holler from the church. I would say, where are you at? He didn't have to. The Holy Spirit screamed louder than he's ever screamed to me. About a quarter to twelve, I looked up and I said, at the church I went to, they got it at five to twelve. Every Sunday. It didn't matter if Jesus was coming. we let letting out at five to twelve. And I looked up there and seen five to twelve, and I said, man. And the Holy Spirit just all of a sudden said, that's where you ought You know where you should be. Here you were, your mom didn't raise you like that. Now you got Now it's time, George, for you to get your own faith and quit living off your mom and dad's faith. Get your own faith and live like a child of God like I died on the cross for you to live and get your family and get up and get to church next Sunday. Now, listen, guys, before y'all run with that, my dresser didn't blow up into a burning bush and nothing like that. Okay? But through my conscience and the Holy Spirit indwelling me as a child of God, He spoke just as loud, just as clear. And if you're a child of God this morning, He'll speak to you just as loud and just as clear to get you back on the right track where He wants you to walk hand in hand so He can control your life. He will speak to you, either through His Word or through His Spirit or through a circumstance, through a friend, God will shake you up and help you get bolder in your walk. And when I say bolder, for some of us, just bold is just getting up and getting to church on Sunday morning at 11. Amen. And listen, I'm not belittling you. I want you to take my sermon that away just because I'm loud. I'm thankful you're here at 11. I'd rather have you here at 11 than none at all. Amen? And so some of us, it's a struggle just to get to church at 11. But I guarantee you when you start praying... Through the week, Holy Spirit just feel me, control me, feel every crevice, every crack in my being, my thoughts, everything. By Saturday, the Holy Spirit will start remembering to tell you, He's like your alarm clock, man. Brrr. Go to church tomorrow. Be in church, it's gonna be good. I mean your spiritual alarm clock just goes off inside of you. Anybody ever had that happen before? And then the Holy Spirit acts like a smoke alarm too. Meva told me the other day to go in Hunter's room and test his smoke alarm. I said, it works, I know. She said, we ain't tested in a long time, go test it. he was been duck hunting. He'd been out, I mean, he got up early and hunted all day, and, and he'd come home duck hunting and said, I'm tired, I'm going to bed. I mean, there's his waiters, there's his shoots. I mean, you could just follow him to his room. He went to bed and fell down in the bed, and Meva wants me to go check the smoke alarm. He's asleep. I walk in there. Walk into his room, he's asleep. I went, pushed the button, waited to set. Beep, 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 Never. I said the smoke alarms are working, but I don't think it'll work on him. Sometimes we have smoke alarms when we're walking into a place and through a door we don't need to go, or walking straight into sin, and it looks good to us, but the Holy Spirit says, No. That's sin. Or the Holy Spirit will see you walking through the door and say, Hey, hey, hold up, hold up. That where you're going is good, but I've got something better for you. And sometimes it'll take a smoke alarm, go off. It's just not a smoke alarm to uh, convict you of your sin to be saved. If, if, you're not, if you're in here this morning and you're not saved, your smoke alarm will go off. But as a child of God, your smoke alarm will go off. And see, so the Holy Spirit's trying to fill you just to have boldness, just to get back up on that solid rock and have a steady walk with Him. Amen? i, I, I got to go. i got to hurry. Look in verse 31. I love this. Let's go to Let's Wait, let's back up. Michelle, let's start at uh, 19. Can we do that? Did I give you that? All right. But Peter and John, now this is after they're answering them, they're telling them, you know, you will never, don't preach in Jesus no more, His name, we don't want to hear Jesus crucified. This is Sanhedrin and the scribes and Pharisees and all religious folks. And here's what they're saying. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God or to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we've seen and heard. And so they threatened them, said, you quit preaching. And and, and here's what most of us, if we were preaching today, would say, no problem. Okay, was I not politically correct when I preached that? I'm I'm sorry. We won't do it no more. That's not what Peter and John said. They said, listen... So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people. I and mean, here's why they couldn't. It's hard to punish somebody for preaching Jesus when you've got the lame man standing there going, Thank you, Lord! Oh, I can walk! God is good. He's a good, good father. Amen? Amen? Man, when he's running around, it's hard to sit there and say, Now, this is a prank. They've seen this guy lame from birth. Everybody knew where he laid at the gate, at the church. They, they knew where he laid. For the man was over 40 years old, of whom the miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, they went to their own company. Now they're going back to church. They're going to tell the other people in their church, the other disciples, and their own companions back one, and reported to all the chief priests and elders what they had said. So when they had heard that, that they had raised their voice to God with one accord, said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who's by mouth of your servant David said, Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? And the king of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus... Whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purposes determine. Now look, now now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to you their servants with all but when's the last time we had a prayer service here and we said, Lord, Lord, we're being persecuted. We know the times are changing. Laws are getting stripped here and things are happening here and it's going to get worse in five and ten years. Lord, we're praying for boldness that we'll still be the church five years from now, what we are today. Even better. Even bolder. They're praying, hey, give me boldness to keep preaching. Most of us hadn't prayed for that lately. Now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants with all boldness that may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And Jesus is still in that business of healing. It may be he needs to heal you emotionally. He may need to heal you physically. He may need to heal you spiritually today. But he is still quite capable. I guarantee you, if I had come down and to the doctor and had cancer... When I got here in my church body, I'd be right here saying, Hey, come up, guys. I need prayer. I need my church body to circle around me and pray. I just come out with some bad news cancer, but listen, it's not bigger than God. But if God wants to call me to heaven, that's okay. But in the meantime, while I'm here, let's pray. We don't have because we don't ask. We don't come up to the altars in church no more. Uh, in most churches, when people are sick and say, hey, they're going for surgery, let's, let's come up. let's have a surgery, let's pray for him today. That God will be keep his healing hand upon him. They'll guide the doctors, they'll do this. It's usually in your bulletin somewhere saying, so-and-so will be in surgery, pray. And well, you know what happens in bulletins? I'm around church my whole life. Most of them are left in the seat or in the trash on the way home. So that's why God doesn't move because we don't pray. We don't pray for power. This church was praying for power. They were praying for God's grace. There's a family that's going through a marriage problem, and if they're in our church, we need to pray for them that God will bring them both back together. Amen. Well, God just can't do it no more. He can't if you don't want it. I, I met with marriage. I mean, I met with couples that have come in. Randy and, and the wife would give her a right leg to work this marriage out, and the husband says, nope, don't care. I'm ready to go. I'm done. I've been, I've been in this all my life. You've got to give place for the Holy Spirit to work and to move. If both of them come in and said, hey, listen, we both messed up because marriage is not all about her and all about him. We all got our problems. Amen? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you've got problems. Amen? We all got them. But see, here's the funny thing. It's the church of God, the church of Jesus Christ. When I mess up, I want grace right then. But when I see somebody come in, oh Lord, teach them a lesson. Let them walk through that battle and learn who you are in your name. You made your bed, lie in it. And we wonder why the Holy Spirit's not moving in our churches. It doesn't matter when folks come in and they're hurting, they're broken, they're broken apart, they're hurting, they need healing. And all they need, they don't need this church, they don't need this preacher, they need Jesus. But they need a people that will point them to the cross and say, hey, I'm not perfect, I mess up all the time. But if it was not for Jesus, I would not be where I am today. Amen, I would not be where I am today. Man." That's a spirit-filled church. People come in with drugs. i think people come leave the church with alcohol in their breath. Most churches have been called the spiritual police to arrest him before he got to the car. Do not come in the house of the Lord with that on your breath. Who do they sound like? The scribes and Pharisees that told Peter and John not to preach. See, if we don't watch out and we get to worship our rituals and not our relationship, we act just like them. But I love the next verse. This, I love this verse. And when they had prayed, the place that where they were assembled together was shaken. Now not only was Peter and John filled with the Holy Spirit, look what it says. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke, what they speak? It don't say tongues. What does it say? They spoke the Word of God with boldness. That's what they spoke. Paul said, I'd rather speak a, a, a three words you can understand than a thousand that you can't. When I see a church that's filled with the Spirit, that's loving, and take people in and show them the grace of God and Jesus, and show them the Word and speak it with boldness, Man, he said, we need churches like that. That'll love on them. By the way, we need preachers that away in our churches. I say this about church, but half the time it's the preacher and the leadership's fault. The way the church is. Preachers don't preach just old-fashioned preaching no more. They don't get right down and just preach and say, hey, this is what God's Word says. we got to give you a nice little sermon. Get a table up here and get a cup of java and sit around and... I guarantee you when Peter spoke to them people and he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he wasn't drinking java and he didn't have a table. And he didn't write no book about living the good life. He was preaching and hey, we're all sinners saved by grace. I need Him, you need Him every day. We need to rely on Him every day to be the people of God that God called us to be. And there's only one name that you're going to be saved by today, and that's Jesus Christ. But the church don't call seeing sin no more. Well, if I did that in my church, Brother George, I wouldn't get to preach very long. Well, so be it. Go find one that'll love you. If I had to walk around and preach what the church told me to every Sunday, I would not have been here 13 years. If I can't be led by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit to preach His Word and to lead us deeper into His presence, because I'm telling you, you'll know When it's man speaking or it's God. Because your spirit will bear witness with His spirit. But we just got preachers today that won't preach the Word. They're not bold. Well, I don't want to run them off. Well, the truth is what sets them free. They'll come to your church and be in bondage for 40 years, but they won't be set free. The truth is what sets you free. But that place was shaken. That's what we need in our church. We need some churches that are shaken to the core. Number one, we need about all these churches next Sunday in Garland County to have some old guy that ain't took a bath in about a week. Wearing dirty, nasty clothes, walk in and sit right there and see if they'll invite him to Jesus. Y'all remember that story a few months ago? A pastor in California did that? They had called him, and this church was a large church. Eight or ten thousand. They hadn't seen him yet. He dressed up like a, a homeless person on the back of their yeah. church that Sunday coming to church. I would love to see. I would love to have had a Kodak moment. They said, "Well, we want to welcome Brother So and So as our new pastor of So and So. I think it's a community church. Welcome him, everybody. Stand and give him a hand. He come walking up in all that homeless garb, dirty, smelly sack lunch." Walked up there and told him said, guys, this is not church. Church is when you come and we start helping people like me. When we show them the love of Jesus Christ and what grace can do for you and what Jesus, how he can turn your life around. These are the folks that we're going to, you're going to see some people's faces. Oh, he's our preacher. He looked different the next Sunday. He was dressed up nice. But he made his point. He made his point. See, churches need to be shaken. Shaken in their prayer lives. Shaken in their preaching. Shaken in their singing. Look joyous when you sing. Don't make them just squeeze it out of you like a... Hold that, I'll lose it. I mean, you shouldn't have to come every Sunday and we squeeze you like a bunch of oranges just to get the good juice out of you. The Holy Spirit already already have you massaged up and ready to go and you're ready to worship. We need a shaking. Some of us need the Holy Spirit to shake our lives up from just regular old routine, day-by-day routine. Shake us up. Shake us up. Because it's all because of the grace of God. Man, I gotta go. I, wanna, I gotta close. This. And the last thing it did, it unified the church. The, when a church is spirit filled, guys, when we're spirit filled, we're in unity. And I wanted to close with this because, listen, a unified church body. I want. I want to read these two. I want to read these two right here. She's got. Look at verse thirty-two of chapter four. Now after they were shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God with boldness. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. One. Jesus, for He would the cross and I pray that my people would become one. This is the hardest thing for a church to do inside the church and outside the church is to be one in the body of Christ. Because somewhere in church, you got somebody always stirring it up. Amen? But listen, please, I want to tell you this year, if we got people that stirring up trouble, stirring up a mess, we need to go to them and say, hey, we're on with Jesus. He's moving this church. We don't need this in our church body. Amen. We're moving on with Jesus to higher ground. You're always gossiping, always stirring the pot. You never want to go with our vision. I'm not being mean, guys. I'm just preaching the truth. The Bible says go to them once go to them twice. See, we don't preach that in church no more. But there's always somebody. The devil, number one. Well, I'm just a mean old person. I wasn't made that away. My daddy was that away. My grandpa was meaner than a snake. I'm just wired that way. No, you ain't wired that way. You're not being controlled by the Holy Spirit. I just can't help it. Well, then you might need to get saved. Because you can't be who you want to be all the time without being controlled by the Holy Spirit. That scares me about people in the church today. Billy Graham says 75% of the church members are lost across the church body. And boy, the more I'm around churches and preaching, and, and, and not necessarily here, we'll get you in a headlock if you do that here. <laughs> Amen. But as I go to other churches and I hear their are wars, splitting. You know why all that happened? They can't be won. The devil is very good. He's like a roaring lion, seeking whom may devour. And he'll, listen, he'll split this church as quick as anybody else's church. That's why we always have to be on guard and say, hey, I'm going into church today. I may not like every song they sing. And here's a big one in church, contemporary or the hymns. Well, the devil has really used that to tear up the church. I don't care if you sing, Jesus had a little lamp," and he... It don't matter if it's a hymn or a contemporary song. It's about your heart. Because I guarantee if you pray this prayer about being contemporary, on Saturday night before you come in on Sunday morning about being controlled every crack, every crevice. You don't mind contemporary. It's about His blood. You don't mind victory in Jesus because it's about Jesus. You don't mind the old amazing grace song because it's about His grace. You don't mind the old hymn there's power in the blood because there's power in the blood. You don't mind the good, good father because that's what He is to you. You don't mind raising the white flag because that's what you got to do to get closer to Jesus. See what I'm saying? Well, we don't want to get too radical down there at Pleasant Hill. you know, Guys, believe me, we're not going to get too radical compared to heaven. Well, down there at Pleasant Hill, they raise their hands, go to the altars, right in the middle of service, pray, thank you, Jesus. It's a healing place. Well, I don't want to get out of control. Listen, you can't raise a corpse, you can control a fanatic. Amen? It's hard to raise a corpse from the dead. And most of the time, the people that say that, they're not even near worshiping anyway. See, it's all about being one. When you walked in this morning, did you have your preferences? Church will really be good if Brother George will preach on this and they'll sing this song. And I think I heard Randy was baptizing today, day, you know, and Brother George has done it all, all the time here. And that's really going to throw me off. My Sunday school teacher was sick and wasn't there and I'm really used to their teaching. And this other guy got up here and I'm not used to it. Didn't get a thing out of it. You'll be surprised. This is church talk, and the problem was it wasn't the baptism, it wasn't the music, it wasn't the preacher, it wasn't the Sunday school teacher. It was because you had kneeled down and said, "Lord, I surrender all," before you walked in the building. Once you get to this position, God's ready to use you. The problem is, we're just not little enough. We're not big enough to get down on our knees to get little enough for God to use us. Amen? I don't know where you're at this morning, but I want to read what God's grace is. I don't know what you're you're battling this morning, but Jesus is for you. Amen? He's for you, not against you. Amen? I don't care if you're a first-time visitor. You've been going here since I've been here. God is for us, not against us. When you walked in this building this morning, and I know you're probably saying, oh man, this guy's crazy. I'll never come back here him preach again. I just don't know about him. That's fine. Remember one thing. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. I want to read you this story. This is God's grace all the way. This is what He did for you, and this is what He wants to do for anybody in here. A young lady one day was speeding through a small Georgia town. She was traveling 70 miles an hour in a 55-mile-an-hour zone. The police pulled her over, wrote her a ticket that would cost her $100. She she didn't have the money to pay it and ended up having to go to court over the ticket. In the courtroom, the judge said, You were found guilty of going 70 miles an hour in a 50-mile-an-hour zone. You have to pay $100. The young lady said, I'm guilty, but I can't pay it. I don't have $100. Well, if you don't pay the ticket, well, you have to be locked up for the weekend. I can't pay the ticket, but I don't want to go to jail. Can you please just have mercy on me? The judge, matter-of-factly, replied, I can't change the law, young lady. The law says that you've got to pay $100 or you have to spend the weekend in jail, and those are the rules, and I can't change the rules. Starting to tear up, she spoke up in a small voice. Isn't there something you can do? I can't pay it. But I, I don't want to get locked up. Have mercy. Have mercy on me this one time. The judge looked down on her. He pushed his chair back from the bench. He zipped, unzipped his robe and he took it off. He went over to the side, picked up his jacket and he put it on. He walked down and stood beside the girl, reached down into his wallet, brought out a $100 bill. He put the $100 on the bench. He took off his jacket, then went over and picked up his robe. He zipped up his robe, and he got back behind the bench. Young lady, you've been found guilty of going 70 miles an hour in a 55-mile-an-hour zone. The law is a law, and I can't change that. The law says you must pay $100 in the weekend in jail. Ah, but I see someone has already paid the price. God saw us speeding down the highway of sin. He zipped down the, ind- the independent use of His deity. And He put on a jacket of humanity. He came down and died on the cross and paid the price for you and for I that we could not pay. He picked up the tab, rose from the dead, zipped up His glorified, from His, glor- His glorified body and ascended to heaven. The good news of the gospel is that a bill we could not pay has already been paid. It's been paid by God Himself in the person of Jesus Christ, His Son. Amen? That's why we worship. That's why we fill these seats on Sunday. That's why. That's why we have church at Pleasant Hill. That's why. I don't know where you're at this morning, but I want you to know God is for you this morning. These altars are going to be open here. We do this every Sunday. We have altar call, and they always get on to me. Now, I... I did preach longer than 15 minutes. Sorry. But if the altars go on 20 minutes, that's God's time. That's not my time. Amen? And by the way, there could be somebody lost in here ready to receive Jesus and you're worried about getting down to uh, New China. And if you cook dinner and go to Pleasant Hill, you know not to put a roast on. Amen? But I don't know where you're at this morning, but God knows your heart. And God wants to get serious with you this morning. He sees you go up and go down and go up and go down. He wants you just to rely on the Holy Spirit and try to level your life out. Sometimes I want my life to have a little bit of a sandy with it. I mean, I just need to be, you know. Things get you, you get busy, you get going here, you get going there, the job, the hobby, the kids, the marriage. Life takes a toll on you. You get stressed, you get frustrated. You snap at your wife, you snap at your kids, you snap on the job. And all Jesus wants you to do is just be still. Come all you that are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest, not physical rest, spiritual rest. He wants you for once to say, I surrender. I can't do it no more, Jesus. I'm tired of living this life on my own strength. I'm tired of raising my family on my own strength and my own ideas. Jesus, take the wheel. Amen. We need that. I don't know where you're at this morning as the praise team comes. But listen. I hope they sing that this morning. I didn't look over the music list like I used to do. The whale. Listen, I love this song, The Whale. If you listen to the words, let it speak to your heart because it doesn't matter if you're lost this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ or you've been saved and you've been out of church or you've been saved and you've been here every Sunday. There is a whale waiting at the foot of the cross to refresh your walk, to refresh your marriage, to refresh... Your walk with Jesus. If, if your walk is stale and cold and, and you're not excited about your salvation, then you need to come to the well. Because Jesus didn't die on the cross for us. He wanted us to live life and live it more abundantly. I'm not saying you're never going to have trials and hurts and heartaches. But that gum through it all. He's Jesus through it all. He's God through it all. God. Whether tonight gets dark and tomorrow the sun rises, He's still Jesus. Whether we have election next November and we don't get who we voted for, He's still Jesus. If things don't go your way in church Sunday after Sunday, He's still Jesus. But come to the well this morning and be refreshed. Some of us need to renew the joy of our salvation. I mean, you're saved. You just lost all your joy. I mean, it's a hassle. Remember I always say, you don't got to go to church. You get to. Amen. That's the way the world well is this morning. You get to come to it. Amen. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Come and just refresh this church body this morning with your the renewing of your spirit. Let it flow out of our bellies. Of a rejuvenation of your spirit in our walk and in our families. In our ministry here at Pleasant Hill. In our marriages. With our kids. With our youth over here. With our children's ministry, with our men's ministry, with our with our, our 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 gospel project, our impact youth, every ministry in the church, Lord, refresh it at the well this morning. And if you're over that ministry this morning, any ministry in the church, you need to come, ask God for leadership, and refresh you in your ministry. Amen. Because you can't keep doing it on your own strength. You gotta come to the well. And all God's people said, Amen. Come this morning. The altars are open. Don't be shy. Don't worry about who's looking beside you. It's not about that. It's about you and Jesus.